2: Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey,
0: it's professional wrestler Colt. Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is and whoever Luke Owen is. Vote the Ravens. Never more
2: hello and welcome to the wrestle talk podcast i'm ollie davis and i'm joined by lukewarm luke owen it's coming home it's coming home it's coming dynamite's coming home
1: hello Swap nation and a hello to you mr davis ollie davis (laughs) to apologize how the devil are you Yeah, I'm doing great. Dynamite's back. I
2: know. We're here on a Thursday.
1: We can talk more than once a week now. Getting up this morning was a Mm. genuine joy. To come down to my office and be like, oh, and now I get to put Dynamite on and watch that for for a bit and take my notes and things like that, got myself my little coffee ready. It was a genuine thrill to watch the show again.
2: Yeah, a lot of people probably think, oh man, what a dream job wrestling like covering wrestling as your day-to-day thing and it is at the start and then it quickly becomes normalized and then you end up hating wwe but aew consistently it is like whenever i'm watching it i'm I'm pinching myself all the time wow 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 this
1: is our job i love this promotion what an episode Mmm. Yeah, it was a really, really good one. And, you know, we are, as, as a country, riding on a high because uh, the football lads did some great football on Scored Tuesday. some goals. Foot like Scored a traction some... engine. Oh, absolutely. It was liquid football to get the, the two nils over the Germans, over Germany in the Euros. Yeah, take that German, Dan,
2: our long-standing, <laughs> very lovely fan of this channel.
1: Yeah. In
2: your face, because this in is your f- football bans now, and I'm allowed to say whatever I want in the confines of that, you stupid man.
1: Yeah, uh, he actually, he booked me for a cameo to uh, send out to Andy Datsun, because it was Andy Datsun's Mark. birthday yesterday. And he did it about an hour after the football had finished. And I didn't think it <laughs> myself, I was like, huh, did he spend Did he spend that hour crying? And then th- And then thought, oh, actually, I do need to book that cameo as well.
2: Well, you know, not every wrestling fan Follows the football. I must confess, I only watched the last 15 minutes. And Pete didn't watch <laughs> it at <laughs> all. <laughs> I only started watching when I heard people cheering outside my flat.
1: So oh, I thought, really?
2: Oh, something's happened.
1: I, I, yeah, because I, actually,
2: I live I in such like I would- a, a... You go, you go. Oh, so we both talked too much there, and then we both backed off too much. <laughs> We're too polite. <laughs> I was going to say... I live in such a built-up area, you know, like in in like the, I don't know, three hundred meter radius around my flat. There's probably a hundred and twenty individual living units, and a lot of them are English, and they were, yeah, it was like you could hear it out the way everyone was going. Whoa! So I thought better put on the TV.
1: I uh, I watched it from the very get go. Like you and I finished the Raw podcast on Tuesday, and I set my iPad up here on my desk, and I watched Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, the absolute legend that he is, and Rio Ferdinand and Jurgen Klinsmann. Like I've, I think I said this on the podcast before, but I, my knowledge of football is very very bad, and I think it says a lot about me as a football uh, football fan. In Bucky O'Hare is in the versus commas when. I could tell you the names of the pundits, but I cannot tell you many of the names of the people who are actually <laughs> playing the game, because the pundits were the people that I watched 20 years ago play football. Yeah,
2: well, they they do a good job getting you up to speed. Look, honestly, I have watched minimal football this tournament, and I know that Gareth Southgate's 3-5-3 three, three formation or whatever it is isn't you know it, it's, it can can be created. You need a creative midfielder in there. You need Grealish, <laughs> Luke. You need <laughs> Grealish to start. He's the playmaker. That formation's yeah. not going to create the sort of chances you need to convert the goals. Poor Harry Kane's up there all by himself. I don't know what I'm talking about, but they say this so much that it's now I, I can you know it's my thing now. I can I can say this. I probably sounded. Half competent at football knowledge,
1: though. Oh, oh, you really did! You completely convinced me. When my, my father-in-law and my brother-in-law came around to watch the football when England played the Scotland um, in our group qualifying stages, I, my, my, my father-in-law is is quite the football fan, and he has he had two daughters, and neither of them were interested in football, so he's never had football to watch, like he's never had someone to watch football with, and now he's got two son-in-laws and both of us will watch football but neither is a massively into football but we will watch it um and so he kind of like looks forward to like the football <laughs> banter so what i do is i listen to like football podcasts before i'm going to see him and then i can just regurgitate what i've heard from those football podcasts nice. and pass it off as my own opinion
2: have you got like a, a top one to go to at the moment
1: Oh, I mean, Gareth Southgate's formation just isn't working. Like, they it's just a, play but, but it is when you've got Grealish, when
2: <laughs> Grealish can create the chances. Well,
1: no, I know, but all they ever do is play backwards. You know, they just start mm. in midfield and just play it back, play it back to Pickford. I know that name, and then you just play it forward again. You know, you're never creating chances there. He's always going for the nil-nil draw, always going for the safe option. Is Gareth Southgate? That is something I'm pretty sure I learned from the Daily Euros on BBC Sounds and. It does sound like it was my own opinion now. I've even said it to my wife, and she thinks that I know things now. <laughs> don't,
2: don't let I catch on. I think this sort of, <laughs> of criticism, I've heard this before for every England manager, I think it's, maybe it's just in the, you know, Goran Eriksson, Roy Hodgson, it's like, maybe it's maybe it's us. Yeah. Maybe it's the country. We are just pretty boring and defense orientated. My, uh, my favorite things to do, because all of my friends from school are very football mad, and I will just stand up, start clapping aggressively when it's a bit boring, and go talk to each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> out wide is my favourite to say. <laughs> if a lot of like, you're down the centre, you go out wide, out wide.
2: What do you think of in-play betting? This is something I, a couple of my friends just do and he's like oh i think there's gonna be a corner coming up and he'll get his phone out and he'll bet on the probability of a corner happening or that there's going to be three more corners in the game or something like that oh yeah i've got i've got 50 quid on uh you know there being being six corners and this guy's going to get sent off could, could come in big time i'm like the, this is no longer like you know oh I, I like this team i think that they could win those are goods on
1: it's not that you, when you're playing with corners that is that is like a roulette wheel I used to have this, uh, not so much a problem, but when I used to do local radio uh, about 10, 12 years ago or so, My co-host was massively into like in-game betting and stuff and setting up like in-game, like micro bets to do. I'm not an advocate for betting personally, because I think that it is an industry that preys upon um, people to just constantly spend money. You're never, you're never winning. If you think you're winning the bets, you're never winning the bets. The house is always winning, but he was massively into those sorts of like micro bets to place. And he would do it in the middle of links. And like, we would finish a song and then he would start like looking at things so i'm trying to have a conversation with him because it's you know it's radio and i'm trying to like talk to him and stuff and i could see him like being very monosyllabic with his answers because he's looking at the bets and seeing like what bets could possibly come up and stuff and and i was and i I'd, I'd go to the next song and i'd be like rick man come on work <laughs> with me here this is a two-way street you can't just be there betting all the time what well, so he'll be
2: he'll be there normally during the song and then as soon as he's meant to talk and be focused, that's when he starts to procrastinate.
1: Yeah. It felt that's, like that was the way infuriating. it was. It was infuriating, Ollie. Ooh. It really was. He apologized to me eventually. And it was when, Oh, I'm sorry, mate. Because I because I don't get angry. I never got angry at him. And he was like, Oh, I did something wrong, didn't I? I was like, Yes, this is a radio show, man. Come on.
2: Did it make you feel big, big and proud to belittle a <laughs> man with a gambling addiction?
1: It made me feel very bad. It made me feel very bad. It's like blood in the clock tower all over again. You son of a bitch.
2: You haven't apologized properly. I I know you said sorry. I know you said sorry a lot, but I don't feel like that was properly.
1: (laughs) Not until smoochy happens.
2: happens. Not until smoochy
1: for the content. Smooching for the content. Anyway, uh, let's get into the AEW review itself. Enjoyed this show a lot. Bloody lovely having the show back. And here it is.
2: Good night. Now I must bid you adieu. Bang, bang. I've got I've gotten that, that catchphrase so wrong. So wrong.
1: We rehearsed this before we went live.
2: Then there was a 20 second countdown. I forgot what it was. <laughs> farewell to the Daily's Place lockdown era of AEW. The Dynamite Show is back, everybody. Thank you for coming here today to watch it, of course. Subscribe to the WrestleTalk Podcast channel so you get all of our shows, particularly an exciting one coming up tomorrow, the relaunched magazine show, but especially for AEW reviews. It's been a month because it's been on Fridays or it's been on Saturdays, so we haven't been doing this show. It's so great to do it. And with the restart of an era, we are saying goodbye to an era that's just passed, and that is... All those shows at Davies Place. AEW will go back on the road as of next week. And not just that, but like that famous angle in 2001 at the end of Raw when they cut to WCW Nitro. And they said, it's not Vince McMahon on the contract. It's Shane McMahon. JR revealed in this crazy bit right at the end. It's not AEW Dynamite anymore.
0: Folks, there's nothing in your life
2: Live WWE Dynamite. Oh my yeah. God. I can't believe yeah. it's happening The crossover AEW has been bought By Vince McMahon I, I mean We all thought they're releasing all these wrestlers to, to prepare for a sale Nuh-uh They were making room for AEW
1: WWE Dynamite What do you feel about this? Oh Jim Jim, 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 Jim. Like he's called Kenny before WWE champion, Kenny Omega. Now calling it WWE Dynamo. And like, do you know what? Like it's a slip of the tongue. These things happen. It's I on various shows that we have done here, because we have Cinemania. We also have Quizzlemania. And there have been times where I've been talking about Cinemania and I've called it Quizzlemania and vice versa. It just happens. I, I'm not very good at my job, it would seem. The, but to come off the back of that video package which was all about like oh man it's been an 18 months hasn't it all but we've got through it together and next week we're going to be back with you the greatest fans on the planet to present to you the greatest wrestling show that you could possibly see and he bollocks his up the name
2: I didn't spot it the first time because I was if you haven't seen the episode folks great episode Anyway, but then I was like, oh, where's the big angle coming? The main event's over. There's five minutes of the show that I can see left by the Fight TV runtime. And then it cuts to this just incredibly moving montage with uh, sort of music track underneath of all of the moments that we've had since last March, starting with that, that episode where Cody just walked out into the empty arena and that Kenny Omega back as a baby face, like looking around genuine chills. And then like all the things that have happened this year, WWE is a company that have sort of been like, Oh, well, we've got our money. Let's not try. And they haven't tried for, for a long, long time. And hopefully they will start doing it again. But AEW to their enormous credit have rewarded everyone who stayed with them. Brody Lee, Matt Hardy, FTR sting, Kenny Omega winning the belt, an Impact crossover, freaking Kenta! Remember the New Japan stuff? And it's just like they did all of these clips of the stuff that's happened, the title changes, the TNT title stuff, that Brody Lee episode, the the, the parking lot match. Oh, yeah. I was just like, Walking oh my god! World. And then and then you get and then it cuts back to the the crowd. I'm crying. I don't know about you. Uh, mm-hmm. My girlfriend got back from her early morning fitness class, and she was. I usually go and meet her like a little puppy. Where have you been? I missed you. And she she comes in. I just like I'm trying not to speak because my voice is going to break. She says, "You're right in there." I went, "Yeah," because I'm I'm genuinely weeping from this. And then Jr. Oh, I missed it. I went back and watched it. Then Jr. goes, "Yeah, WWE."
1: <laughs> Like it was such such a good video package though. Like it was so So good. Like like you were saying that I've watched it twice as well. Like I've Mm. watched it a couple of times now because it is so so wonderful. And like it was Kind of like there were moments where I was like, I cannot believe that was in the last year. Like you and I were covering that show separately as well. Like in this scenario that we're in at the moment, recording from separate houses. I was like, man, we've been on quite the journey. What a time we've had together. And then Jim Ross is like, WWE Dynamite, come and check it out. And I'm like, oh, Jim. Oh, Jim, man. This is not the exploding
2: barbed wire deathmatch finale. (laughs) This is not seeing the crash match. But it is. It's like the AEW. You know, I, I, we're we're on the Khan coin payroll. We love AEW. I adore it. It's like I said on the news today. Uh, a lot of people very kindly say thank you for your daily videos to us. Like we couldn't get through. Like I don't know what I would have done in the pandemic without Wrestle Talk, and that's very humbling. And I, as I was watching that montage of all those moments, I thought, dear God, like I know what those people mean now because that's what aew has genuinely been to me <laughs> but then like they just they're so perfect that that they unfortunately have this this habit over the last five months of really fumbling
1: <laughs> at the end of a great thing they can't finish that is is what AEW. yeah is it's at like moment. me they are incredible at foreplay, brilliant yeah. at foreplay, but cannot do the big finish. They've
2: got the they, they're tickling the balls.
1: They're oh, like they're they doing all the things.
2: Up. I'm like, this is this is great,
1: and then it's just like, ah, uh, damn. Yeah, because then you go online and it's it floppy. is people pointing, and it's people making fun of the fact that you have had your big finish ruined. And I would say as well that um, you know. I'll, old man says something wrong i'm an old man myself and i say things wrong it's, it's really not that big of it all the time it's really not that big of a deal i think if anyone's calling for jim ross to be fired over this is like that's a massive overreaction to slip of the tongue these things happen to this live tv i think the best way to look at this is through the very funny lens of like pff, man biff that right at the end didn't you like it was right. so close so close to perfection there and you just biffed it right at the last moment <laughs>
2: I think uh, obviously a lot of people are sort of down on JR. Like this, if if this was just a if Excalibur or someone like that said it, it would be much more a sort of ha ha, what a silly botch. And that's how you know that's how me and you are taking it. I think that's how most people are taking it. But there is a portion of people who do not like JR on commentary, and I get I get why because he he can be quite overbearingly salty at times. And I guess like if you heard that bit at the end, that might be oh come on like he's he's making mistakes at that level and he's just he's he's a bit grumpy on commentary sometimes i don't want him but me personally i think his his benefits far outweigh the negatives he's a recognizable yeah. voice from that era
1: he's very competent usually and dude i would say as well like if you think that JR is salty you should have listened to him when he was doing new japan like that, <laughs> that was salty JR. That was JR. I'd basically just been like, this product sucks now. I hate everything. It's so stupid. Like he hated everything that New Japan did and hated every single person that was there. This is much better, JR. At least he looks like, he, he sounds like he enjoys this at the very least. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen to it again.
0: Folks, there's nothing in your life that will top seeing a live WWE dynamite. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's genuinely loving it. Yeah, it's just he got that he got one word wrong. Unfortunately, it was the most important word in that <laughs> sentence.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about juvederm lip fillers. That's code LISTEN at Bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. Bluenile.com code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Let's see what all you guys uh, and girls think and everyone in between. Thank you very much for all your ultra chats so far. We've had two pages despite upping the sort of well you know the the new thing is if it's over five dollars we'll read it out on there otherwise we get too many chats and it sort of eats up the review time um but we've already got two pages because i think everyone is very happy that the dynamite reviews are back. Charles Berg. Jim Ross continuing to call AEW WWE is crazy, almost as crazy as offering a gaming service with over a hundred great titles, including Doom, Yakuza, and Halo Infinite for £9.99 a month. Not a paid shill. Paid shouldn't beat Kenny Boy yet. Still scared of failure.
1: Do you know what that service what is? is? <laughs> well, what, what, what it sounds like an X the Xbox thing that you hate so much. No, it's not the Xbox one I hate. It's the PlayStation one I hate. I don't have an Xbox. Okay. The, play, the PlayStation ones are rackets, by the way. That's an <laughs> absolute. That is a scam. An absolute scam. Do you? And, uh, and, and idiot, idiots like Laurie have bought it. Hook, line, and and sphincter will defend it to its very core. Sphincter. Hooked.
2: Ouch. The tender <laughs> part of the body. Uh, did you hear my Kenny boy botch in the news yesterday? I
1: didn't know. Did I was trying say?
2: to say Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy. And I said, Kenny boy. <laughs> oh, Kenny boy. Jonathan oh, Hedman good. says, wouldn't it be funny if for parody's sake, they do the intro next week as WWE Dynamite. It's funny. Anyway, keep up the stellar work. Thank you, Hedman. Thanks, that mate. would be good. Hannah Allen. Also, AEW was all right, shrug. Lol nah i loved it i'm enjoying the clear way over the top distinction between baby faces and heels it cracks me up and just keeps getting better as always thank you for your amazing work lots of love jam that jam lost intangibles wrestle talk for for life whatever hannah um yes i think that's probably about the elite's new love of
1: over the top heel facial hair yeah. Oh, it's so I thought today if you and I, I mean actually you could have got away with this, but you haven't had a beard in at the moment, you and I could have done this. Like, come onto the stream, like I would have shaved off the bottom half of my beard. And oh. We could have had like an awful tash and stuff. But I didn't think you because you haven't been growing your beard in as of late. I don't think you'd be able to do it in time. Oh, I really want that.
2: My my lady partner unfortunately won't let me have a moustache, despite <laughs> it looking really good.
1: It looked so good on you when you did it last I know. Of years ago. It's though.
2: It's a thing only guys appreciate on other guys. That's why it's so big with Freddie Mercury. I think he can get Matt away Jackson. with it. Oh, he knows his Matt audience. Jackson.
1: Matt Jackson looked superb on this show with his mustache, yeah. and Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson looked. I mean, Nick Jackson looked like Joe Exotic, but Matt Jackson <laughs> looked genuinely brilliant.
2: A lot of people uh, got in contact with me and said, "If you don't have a mustache break in the news today." I'm, I'm unsubscribing, oh, and I, I didn't, but it's Why?
1: here.
2: <laughs> I'm determined to ruin this show for audio-only listeners. I'm a video man. Rain Tech. <laughs> move, move over, RK-Bro and Rain's Hangman is coming to claim best story in wrestling today title. That montage, especially seeing that Brody segment. Total goosebumps. AW is not perfect, but you got to love how they respect and appreciate their
1: fans. I I miss Brody so much man. And like I one of the things that really really kills me is that we didn't get to see him in front of an AEW audience. And that really really kills me inside. Yeah. Uh
2: Anthony Velasquez very happy they are going to finally get to the long awaited Page versus Omega title match. But do you guys think Page is going to start purposely losing to try to avoid having to face Omega? Uh, I don't think so. I think they'll probably, you know, if it's all out, they've got two months to build. You don't want to do a losing bit now. They've already done it as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think now is basically spending the next two months building to that moment when Page realises that he could do this. There is every chance that he could beat Kenny Omega at All Out. And it's all about the Dark Order being that supportive group to him and him trying to overcome that self-doubt that he has, which I think is going to be a wonderful, wonderful story to tell.
2: The Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hey, lads, finally the AEW reviews are back. Great wrestling, great opening and final match. Also glad they're starting to plant the seeds for Page versus Omega. Overall, four out of five. Love y'all. Dean Bretton, what an episode. I need the Omega Page to be at least four matches. First two go to Kenny. Third is a draw with Page kicking out of the one-winged angel. Then the fourth Page wins. Slow build for the win. Side note, I would like to thank God for Miro. He is a beast. Uh, and finally, oh, do you want to say something? I was going to say, I would, I would honestly have Kenny win the first one. <clears throat> yeah, same. Mayor of Painesville, Dan, finally for now. Hello, guys. What is that? Me watching a live broadcast during a week. The world is healing indeed. Maybe it's time to let Jim Ross only do pay-per-view and groom a new play-by-play announcer for the weeklies. Tom Phillips is waiting right there. Give that man a chance. I think AEW's got more than enough commentators. Uh, plenty, Plenty. No need to recruit any more of those. Right, so this episode of Dynamite uh, opened with Chris Jericho joining Dynamite, uh, sorry, the announcers team, which is good. I, I think Jericho's excellent on commentary. This is the first time we've had him as a baby face, and he was still really, really insightful and valuable, I thought. And the opening match was a tag match between Eddie Kingston and Pentagon Jr. against the mustachioed Young Bucks. Winner gets, well, if Kingston and Pentagon win, they get a shot at the tag titles.
1: Yeah, so this is AEW's gimmick. They call it a tag title eliminator or a championship eliminator where like, yeah, if you lose, then you don't get your title shot. But if you you do win, you do get a future title shot. Now, I've actually done these a few times where the team or the singles guy hasn't won. They recently did this with Matt Seidel and Kenny Omega. So you kind of go into this thinking, like well maybe penta and eddie could get the win but like the you know the champions have always won in these scenarios so it's kind of nice to change that up a little bit and have penta and eddie get the win here and this was a terrific match i i thoroughly, so thoroughly enjoyed this match. i loved it absolutely and what i really liked about this was kind of the story they were telling through this on commentary which is you know penta and eddie have got history in aew but what we're actually looking at here is two tag teams that have been broken up by the Young Bucks because they took mm. out Phoenix mm. and they've taken out John Moxley. So now Kingston and Penta have come together. They've formed like you know they're the Traveling Wilburys here. They've formed this <laughs> super group to come together to take on the Young Bucks. So I really, really liked that.
2: Nice Traveling Wilburys shout out there. Roy Orbison is forever the man. Um, I yeah, this was very good. I I was surprised. Because when the match started, I was like, I love Kingston, but I miss Phoenix. I want <laughs> Pentagon and Phoenix versus the Bucks. Honestly, within like, because the opening structure of the match was Kingston was getting worked over, but in like the least cooperative way possible. He was still brawling back against the Bucks and everything. Um, so I just, I forgot that Phoenix wasn't Pentagon's, well, was Pentagon's usual tag partner. But the match is a whole on top of being incredibly athletic, particularly when Pentagon got in the ring, there was some booking shenanigans. Brandon Cutler uh, went to spray Pentagon, I think, got out of the way, sprayed Matt Jackson in the face with the cold spray. But he was so shocked that he was spraying Matt Jackson, he kept on spraying him like he yes, was frozen, which was funny. I love that. <laughs> Such good uh, heel shenanigans. And then there was a a low blow from Nick Jackson behind the referee's back, but the good brothers came out, but Pentagon took them out. Despite all that, Kazarian ran down, took out uh, Brandon Cutler, I think it was. Yeah, he took out Cutler and then
1: Penta did the dive.
2: And then Kingston got the pin. So yeah, they're going to get a tag title shot.
1: Yeah. This is the
2: Bucks' first loss since uh, Revolution last year.
1: Yeah, is it really? I mean, but that's AEW have done a very always do this a very good job of protecting their champions, and so like the Bucks taking a loss here feels like a big, big deal Mm. because it doesn't happen. And I, I loved this match. I really loved like all the convolutedness of the finish. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because it plays into that Bucks heel shenanigans. We have mentioned the fact as well, like the Bucks have got their terrible facial hair, right? Because you've got Matt Jackson with the mustache, and. Well, terrible Like to try and get heel heat. I actually think it looks wonderful. You've got Matt Jackson with the mustache. You've got Nick Jackson with like the goatee beard. Cutler and Michael Nakazawa have also got bad facial hair. So Cutler's <laughs> got this little tash. Nakazawa's got one. Kenny's got one later on. This is the elite's new gimmick is we've all got facial hair for heat. And I love that so much.
2: Uh, After that, we got a segment backstage. Christian talking up Jungle Boy, calling him a future world champion. Luchasaurus comes in very gruffly, being like, thanks for your help last week. And then Christian goes, hey, man, I'm actually a quarter Cosmoseratops on my mum's side. And Luchasaurus just goes, oh, really cool. (laughs)
1: Like, follows him out. Very good. I think they were going to... I thought they were going to like create some tension between Luchasaurus and Christian K to be like, hey, I know you. Thank you for having Jungle Boys back, but we've got it from here because he's our brother, not yours. Mm. And then Christian's like, oh, no, by the way, I'm part dinosaur. And he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, me too.
2: Yeah, it's definitely Christian and Jurassic Express versus Hardy's Office Party. Uh, Ethan Page comes out after that uh, with Scorpio Sky, Men of the Year. It's not an act I'm into. I'm going to be quite upfront about this, but I love Ethan Page. I think he's such a good promo. I th- he he whipped the crowd up into a frenzy here, um, yeah. and he he effectively said the coffin match with Darby Allen that's meant to be next week in Miami. I'm going to have now. I'm moving it back to the week after. Uh, the speculated reason is that Miami, of course, just had that awful building collapse and doing a yeah. coffin match in a place like that. So that's like, and they didn't make a big deal of it. That's not been reported. It's just
1: speculation. So that's that's a classy move by AEW. I think so as well. Yeah, I, I I was a big fan of this. Not was I a big fan? So I was a big fan of Page's promo. I can tell you that much because Ethan Page is a fabulous promo. Ethan Page is so good; he's making me more into Scorpio Sky than I have been previously. Um, and as, like Ethan Page is getting me into this Man of the Hour or Men of the Hour gimmick, and I, I'm quite enjoying that. However, I am done with seeing these lot feud with Sting and Darby Allen. Like I've because I've seen the good guys <laughs> win. So like hmm. I don't know why they're still feuding. This is you know what we were just criticizing WWE for for like Cesaro and Seth Rollins continuing on their feud after WrestleMania, or Owens and Zayn and Apollo and Big E continuing their feud after WrestleMania. Like it was it was done at that point. I don't need to be seeing this again. And like I've I've seen the good guys win. I don't think I I don't I'm sure it'll be a great match. And I'm I'm probably you know in a two weeks time you know eating my own hat and being like that match was awesome. And I'm really glad I got to see it. But I probably. Could have waited a little bit longer as opposed to a month or so after I've already seen the good guys win.
2: Hot take. Overall, Sting might be more like harming than positive for Darby Allen because he just gets sucked into
1: a, a vortex with these two. Yeah, I agree. Sting is just in like never-ending feud. We had the exact same problem with Team Taz last year. And now we're getting the same problem with Paige and Sky. Yeah, I think like Sting, it, I I feel like Darby is less open now when he, since he's been mm. tagging with Sting. Well, Sting came
2: out, Darby was in a coffin, and they beat off the heels. <laughs> After that, we got Jack, Jack Evans versus Jungle Boy. This was sort of the Jack next ass. chapter. Ja- Jack Ass, which Darby's in, awesomely. Uh, yeah. Jack Evans versus Jungle Boy, which is part of the overarching Matt Hardy versus Christian feud. I thought this was a, a, a really decent match. And Jungle Boy made him tap in the snare trap, making him the first person to reach 50 wins in AEW. Dark's a wonderful thing. Good good match this was. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Christian, and, Christian came out afterwards. Bit of a post-match brawl. Christian stood tall over Matt Hardy. Got an MJF promo on Chris Jericho. He challenged him to sort of one last match and said he'll lay out the stipulations for that next week. And then for the main event, he said, Sammy, you are the future of AEW, but I'm the now. And it was just like perfect, perfect promo to make your opponent look awesome, but you more awesome.
1: Stipulation retirement match? with Jericho's book like Jericho's book that he's just released you know which is basically like every match that he had in those 30 years and could this now be the one where he hangs up the boots like Jericho just feels like he's in a very reflective point of his career
2: maybe they'll tease that I don't think they'll do it though Hmm? you know like if they if that is if it is a retirement match I think Jericho wins I don't see him hanging up the boots yet I listened to his Wrestling Observer radio interview the other day and he was it showed no signs of winding down.
1: Okay. That's yeah. interesting.
2: He's working. Um on. Yeah, well, it could be. Could be. <laughs> like Sturgis. Uh Andrade booked himself in a match against Matt Something. Of course, Matt Seidel, he was just nagging him by not learning his name. For Road Rager next week in Miami, that'll be the home of Scarface, he put over like a stereotype. (laughs) Uh, And that will be his in-ring debut.
1: I love Andrade El Idolo as most people know because I absolutely loved him in NXT and I was disappointed with his run on the main roster. He is mirroring himself in AEW at the moment here where his like his first month or so has not been particularly great. And but you know what Miro now we'll get we'll talk about Miro in just a moment. He's so so great now that it gives me I, I've genuinely now got this like spark of hope inside of me. It's like yeah okay this isn't great now. But like, it could get really good in a few months' time when he sort of finds his feet and really finds what works for him in AEW.
2: Definitely. AEW, because they've got so much goodwill and track record of doing in the past, their stuff gets better. If something's bad, you can trust in it eventually getting good. Um, But I agree, this Andrade initial run is... Well, it's a bit limp, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the like partnership that. with Vicky doesn't work for me either. That really no. doesn't work whatsoever.
2: However, one of oh. the best things on the show came up next. Kenny Omega comes down to the ring with just one belt and no Don Callis. And he cuts an uh, in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone, effectively saying, I've beat the best high flyer. I've beat the most promising star. I beat everyone in AEW. There's nothing. There's no one else to face me. And of course, we all know there is. He's the hangman in the room. And the Dark Order come out, and you just know a perfect. And they never said Hangman Page's name once in this entire thing. Evil Uno gets up uh, close to Omega. You've got the rest of the Dark Order behind him, and Evil Uno is like, "Well, there is one person left. We've become friends with him. He's the number one ranked competitor in singles uh, wrestling." And then Kenny was like, "If you're talking about the same person, first, I don't think he'd appreciate you talking on his behalf." Se- Secondly, he doesn't have the guts.
1: <sighs> it's and happening. Not, Hangman didn't come out. And like what I loved about this, they w has the um, the belief that its audience knows what like, they're not spelling things out for you here they have this belief that the audience have been engaged in this storyline and know what they're talking about so Mm. when he was like i think you know who i'm talking about and it's like the crowd going hang man hang man hang man because they know that's who they're on about and like uno standing there and i i just i loved this because you know it was like here we are as the dark order and kenny had this brilliant line where he's like who you gonna pick five he wouldn't last two minutes with Mm. me because that was he had that ten minute match with Alan Angels last year that people ah. criticized Kenny for because he gave him too much. So he was like, "He wouldn't last two minutes in the ring with me." So I love that. <laughs> and then Uno being like, "Yeah, you're right. None of us here have got enough singles wins to go after your championship. But we have made friends with someone over the past, and like there's just like it was this just creeping wonder coming out for everyone and like the crowd really getting into this because the crowd are super into the dark order at the moment they're wonderfully into page i i loved every single thing about this and then later on the dark order are just backstage and page storms in and he's like what are you guys doing what are you doing why you doing?" like he was kenny was right page did not want the dark order speaking on his behalf so if kenny's right about that is Kenny also right that he doesn't have the guts to face him? Because Hangman has got that self-doubt, and the Dark Order being like, "Dude, you've got this. You got. You can do this." And Hangman, I, I, I cannot love this story enough. It's so so great. You you described it brilliantly in your uh, your five-minute review, which is like like it's it's reverse machismo of just like, oh, I'm the biggest tough guy here. Like, oh yeah, I'm the biggest tough guy here, and I'm going to be the tough guy for the belt. It's like, I don't know if I am. I don't know if I am. He's an anxious millennial cowboy, and I absolutely adore it. Can you
2: think of another wrestling character, Babyface or Heel, that has built a really serious feud on not wanting it to happen? Like, you think of pro wrestlers, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena, like, it's all, they are all very confident. What, what, one huge part of babyface wrestling psychology is the babyface is like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for all of you. Paige can't even do it for himself. I just, it's, it's, this is like on another level of wrestling storytelling. It's an, on another level of storytelling in general this is a very very smart complex subversion of so many different tropes not just in wrestling but the cowboy archetype itself strong silent he gets the job done you, you know he is he is america but but here he is he's he's actually inside he's this crumbling self-doubting
1: mess absolutely incredible i i love it i love it so so much and it's brilliant to know that this storyline goes back to January of last <laughs> oh. year. That is when this storyline started. No, you you want to uh, go back even I further? It, you want to go back to All Out? All Out one, All Out.
2: All Out, Hangman Page had that match you're against right. Chris Jericho. He you're was in right. the first ever AEW world title match to crown the inaugural champion, and he wasn't good enough. And we yeah. all said it.
1: Yeah, <sighs> no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. All I was thinking was the, Penny, the, the Kenny Page stuff which starts at the 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 cruise in 20, uh, but you're absolutely bang on the banana. It goes all the way back to all out. It's, it's as old as the company, almost
2: certainly older than dynamite. Brilliant. Honestly, honestly, just it is the best thing in wrestling. It's, it's always been the best thing in wrestling, but it's taken a back seat in the last couple of months. Uh, it's but now bubbling
1: it's, under the surface. Yeah.
2: Now, now they're hopefully gearing up for a match at all out. Uh, Very briefly, I think Kenny beats him, but Hangman kicks out of the One Winged Angel, and that's the hook to to do a rematch.
1: I agree with you. I think that Kenny should definitely get the win first time round, and this might just be because I've just finished a four thousand word article for WrestleTalk Magazine, which is out next month. Uh, Out this month, in fact. Now we're in July. it was meant to be. So, the, the, what my, the magazine editor asked me to do was to write a four thousand word article about how Kenny Omega was the best wrestler in the world in New Japan, and he went to AEW, and everyone thought he was a bit bobbins, and now he's the best wrestler in the world again. That's what I was asked to do. What I ended up doing is writing four thousand words just about his time in New Japan, mm-hmm. um, and sort of like from the, the start of the Elite through to them leaving uh, New Japan. So it's now a two part article. But in that, I kind of I relives the omega Ricardo storyline and the rise of kenny omega and so now because i've been re i've been writing a lot about that and i've been reading so much about it and reliving that time I don't want this to be a one and done. I want this to be a long, long thing that we can just keep coming back to every now and again. Don't do mm. you don't do Page Omega at all out and then you do it again at um what's the show after that? Revolution and then you do a full year and then you do and then you do it again at Revolution. No, like you do it at all out and then maybe you do it again at all out the, the following year. Yeah. Really, really stretch this out.
2: Yeah. Um after that we got Brian Pillman Jr kind of really solid promo on Miro and that led into his match against Miro which was just perfect it was Miro kind of getting cocky just like not taking Pillman seriously that gave Pillman a little two minute fiery comeback but ultimately Miro destroyed him with a game over like started off in the accolade but then sort of leans back crushes Pillman's legs underneath him and makes him pass out and then afterwards, Miro with this new sort of what's it? What's what's these Tron say? Oh, the Redeemer exactly. or something?
1: I something like but yeah, that. But
2: he completes. He's, he's all about God's
1: entrance. Yeah, yeah. His entrance again now,
2: and he's like looking up at the sky to God with the TNT title, and it just it makes him so much scarier because he's not like ironically joking, haha. I am like God's greatest gift. He's like no. He's like a crusader. Who believes he is on a divine mission, or like this is this is why God put him on this earth? It's it's terrifying on an on a, a deeper level, I think, than Lance Archer, who is just like I crush, I destroy mm-hmm. people because I'm big. Where's well, Lance, by the way? I haven't seen him for a while. Um, but Miro is very much like, no, this is my divine mission, uh, and I will kill you now.
1: Yeah, agreed.
2: Uh, after that, we got the page. Storming in on the Dark Order segment. Taz announced Brian Cage will defend the FTW title against the returning Ricky Starks in uh, July 14th. So Ricky Starks
1: is coming back. That's great from a neck injury. And it's also the day that Nick Cage is getting out of prison to go see his daughter. July 14th. (laughs) Uh, And then we got probably
2: the only bad thing for me on the show. This, uh, Ny- oh, yeah, and I'm. It's kind of like AW slipping into old habits. The only women's segment on the show was a tag between Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero versus Rebel and Britt Baker. Of course, this is a way to build Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose for Fighter Fest for the women's title, and to, you know it, it makes sense. Put put them in a match with their seconds, but I do not want to see Vicky Guerrero in a tag match. In AEW, when you've got like Deeb, Rosa, Riho, Ty Conti. Like, what, what the hell are they thinking?
1: This was a massive error. This did not work on pretty much every single level that it was attempting. It failed. Um, because the match was bad. The match went way longer than it should have done as well, given the you know, the sort of the comedy nature of it. Britt Baker who is the heel in all of this, with Mm. Reba, who is the heel in all of this, was cheered like the biggest babyface on the planet when she came out and in the match. Which meant that Nyla Rose, who's supposed to be the badass babyface in this, I guess, and Vicky Guerrero, who's doing the tributes to Eddie Guerrero in all of this, are getting booed by the crowd because she has the audacity to not be Britt Baker. And then, like Nyla does the power bomb off the like off the ring apron through a table at the end to try and get some heat because like Baker and Rebel won, but it didn't work. It was a really really misfiring segment, and it's a real shame to see AEW. I would say take the women's division off the boil since Double or Nothing. You think all the momentum the women's <clears throat> division had going into Double or Nothing, following the Thunder Rosa, uh, the Lights Out match, following into that, that Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida match at Double or Nothing. And now we're here. This is a huge, huge misstep. Yeah. There's, yeah, I, I, I can't defend this.
2: It's it's AEW's worst side, unfortunately. Yeah. T- go hmm?
1: I, I was I was gone.
2: Him- I'll have Jim Ross saying WWE Dynamite over and over again before, like, over this stuff.
1: Yeah. Some people in the chat as well think that uh, Nyla Rose isn't the babyface either, which means that she is also the heel, in which case the dynamic is working even less. Yeah. Um,
2: and then we got a promo from Hager Santana and Ortiz on the pinnacle, ahead of next week's six-man tag, which I'm very much looking forward to. Santana or Ortiz are just the best. And oh, then the, best. the main event was even better than Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega at the weekend. And I've was i been thinking about this. Of course, it's got the benefit of having loads of character and loads of story going into it. So there's a lot more, you know, it's going to be richer in that regard. Chris Jericho's on commentary adding that layer as well. But then the more I think
1: about it, the more I'm like,
2: this was also a better match. Mm. This is like one of the matches of the year.
1: This was awesome. This match absolutely ruled. It was so, so great, right? Mm. Sorry, I just remembered.
2: Rebel uh, dislocated her kneecap in that match as well. So, thank you, Kung Fu Kenny, who just reminded me of that. Yeah, absolutely amazing match. So many awesome spots. The opening, I'd like. I always forget MJF can wrestle because he carries himself like the Miz, and you like that. And he's so smart in the way he does that. He makes us. He tricks us into thinking that he's a Miz-style wrestler who's only there to to not work. Or not not to not work, you know what I mean, but to work a very safe WWE style. When actually God can he go. Him and him and Sammy at the start of this match, just this seamless sequence. And I get like Sammy, MJF, big blood feud, you should go right into a brawl. No, I don't think so, because this this was this was built a lot on who is the future of the company, who's the best wrestler. So I think that totally made sense. And then it became a yeah. brawl after that.
1: I, there were some spots in this man that were bonkers. Sammy's dive into the crowd was insane. In the membrane, absolutely adored that. Like, I, but the spot that I absolutely adored in all of this, because it puts over the the exuberance of Sammy. Like, because it comes off the back of him doing something like that. He hits his reverse GTS, and that pushes MJF towards the ropes. But, Sam, but MJF didn't get a foot on the ropes. Sammy got so into his pin that he pushed MJF into the ropes. And that's mm. what broke the pin. It wasn't MJF outsmarting. It was Sammy beating himself in that moment. And then he also worked his own bit of psychology on uh, MJF. Because MJF does this middle rope tombstone pile driver.
2: What the that's hell? That's the finish, lads. That's the finish. That, that does make me angry. That that genuinely makes me a bit angry. Right, or Bully Ray. I know. Yeah, me and Cornet <laughs> and Bully Ray hanging out together. That that because that you know what you're doing there. You know you're gonna piss off a bunch of people. Beyond like an in a meta way, not in a in a productive heel heat way. And I it's you've ruined that. That's that's a genuine pay-per-view match ending finish. And you've you've just you you've just used it
1: can't believe you're getting so easily worked by MJF. There's not Eva <laughs> Marie in this situation. He's working you, man. The pair of them are just working you. Well, <laughs> Success- they, successful. they're so. wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> But I love the selling of the knee after this. Like MJF was like good. legit looked like he had busted his knee up from doing that. Because like it was a top, it was a you know middle rope tombstone pile driver. That's really gonna do some damage to your knee ligaments, which you know gives time for Sammy to recover so he can kick out of that move. And then the pair of them said, like Sammy like constantly like moving his fingers to check that he, you know, he hasn't hurt his neck or anything. Mm. MJF not being able to stand him, dragging them up, and they both keep falling back down. And it was Sammy suckering him in so he could get that inside cradle for a near fall. I, I just loved so many things within this match. For me, like the one that I that kind of buggered me the most was the 6.30 and MJF just kicking out of that. That was the one where I was like, all right, lads, I think we've had a we've had enough of our near falls now. I think it's time to take us home to a finish. Uh, yeah,
2: that spot was cool because MJF was begging off. And usually, yeah. like the rest of them lays down to take the move. Nope. Sammy just hit it on him as MJF was half twisted around anyway. Uh, But the finish was Wardlow coming out, getting Jericho off commentary, throwing him off the stage, and then Sean Spears hit Sammy with the chair while the referee was distracted from that. MJF wins. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I really think... A lot of people I've seen uh, said that they hope, they they want MJF to just win clean eventually. I think that is a productive use of he or he. I think not giving those clean victories actually works. But the the second rope Tombstone Power Driver kick out did did irk me.
1: (laughs) I I didn't mind it, mate. I thought it was really cool. I'm in in touch. You're a liar. (laughs) You're a liar. This isn't like this isn't Canadian destroyer on the apron to do a setup move for a near fall in the Luke, opening match of an we the Tombstone
2: Piledriver. What are it's
1: you the talking main, about? It's the main event of a show. My point was this wasn't done in the opener of the show. This was the main event of the show. Don't want to be worked any longer.
2: I gave it four <laughs> out of five, uh, the same rating that I
1: gave Raw this week.
2: It was a similar <laughs> quality. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the chat was in agreement with you. Our community tab, a whopping fifty two percent of the uh, the audience gave it four out of five. Twenty six percent said it was a five out of five show, and then three out of and then fifteen percent said it was a three out of five show. Lovely seeing so many positive people uh, talking about oh, yeah. AEW. Very much have it. My first note I had after that, um, Penta and Eddie versus Young Bucks match was. I've missed AEW and mm-hmm. I've missed doing these reviews and yeah, call me got the bias in this, any other bloody love this company. Me.
2: Uh, also your ultra chats, get them in WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over $5 our last call for those. Genetic Ghost says, Hangman was so afraid of failing because all the elite ever did was win. He may be anxious, but he outwardly admitted he felt bad about it. The bucks and especially Kenny let those feelings rot them from the inside out. I disagree with that. I think Kenny and the bucks were trying to help Page, but you know, it's, it's it's frustrating dealing with people like that. I thought I thought they I I think Page's te- takes his share of the blame. That's what makes mm-hmm. it such a compelling story. Uh, yeah, um, genetic ghost again, just another elite observation, lads. Hangman is the dark order's Kenny Omega. When Kenny still believed that his friend would always by his, be by his side, when he knew that love mattered, Kenny poisoned his best friends to make sure they stayed by his side. Oh, well, yeah, that's a good point with the Bucks. Uh, Rain Tech, it's so crazy to think AEW Dynamite had had like three times more episodes in the pandemic era than they had shows at all. Let that sink in. Uh, they were roughly six months in before the pandemic hit, yet they came out of it a lot stronger. What a great company. Flack was a matrose. Flatch was a matrose. WWE published a top 10 Edge Returns video. Talk about a troubled career. <laughs> and he always looks like he was betrayed by a fart. <laughs> Does he? Is that the steam that he comes out from? I guess so, yeah. Letting everyone Honestly. know he's jeff mancini he was in wwe f for eons saying the name is always going to be second nature good s word uh happen s happens get over it people that's about jim ross norm summers jim ross saying wwe dynamite and women's tag dropped this to a four out of five show was it the first dynamite can't wait to get back to a live show cheers boys do you want to do the positive version this company yeah. Austin Falco. Glad to have you guys back reviewing Dynamite. The last two shows feel like a return to form for AEW, and I think we're in for a fun ride to All Out, especially when we're on the on the road. Uh, my only gripe is that I think AEW needs to put two women's matches on every show to build that division up more. Definitely agree. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree on that. Uh, Zachary T. Robinson Hey guys, Kenny Omega's new facial hair really gives me Lemmy from Motorhead vibes if it had if it'd been ordered by Wish from Wish.com Also looking forward for the next Fan Mania now that the perk's been moved to the WrestleTalk Patreon tier list Jam that jam uh, Peanuts
1: on the up Can I go you one level further <laughs> than that I don't think it's Lemmy from Motorhead It's Reign of Terror Triple H Yes <laughs> Yeah
2: very good. Which, magnetic, which was learning. <laughs> magnetic Field, that moustache break, caught me off guard and had me in fits of laughter. Glad to be of service. J- James Hanley, I've missed both of you beautiful bastards. I just wanted to say that Paige drinking alcohol right at the end of the scene did not inspire much confidence. Or was he in the Dark Order? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, he was. Back on the source. But do you think it's too early for him to go after Omega? I wasn't expecting it until Full Gear. Well
1: James like it's I think been a, it's, it's been over a year. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. But like you know it's, he won the belt in December, so we're now into the seventh month of the year. I don't think it's too soon just yet. It's too soon for Paige to win the belts though, that much I would say.
2: Mm. Um I ju- I just love the the line you've got to get back on the horse. It's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much sense. Gabe Caruso. I watched Dynamite last night with my 12-year-old nephew. He watches Dark and Elevation every week. Well, he hasn't got a real job to take up all his time. He was way more into the idea of Seidel versus Andrade than me. I don't know what I'm missing. Am I the only one not on the Seidel
1: train? What are your thoughts? I mean, I've, I've always been a bit of a mark for Matt Seidel, so I'm excited for it. Like, I was excited when he came into AEW. I was one of those people who was like, oh no, Matt slipped! Oh, I know. <laughs> people are going to think he's rubbish now, but he's really good! Yeah, it's,
2: it's it's not a big, fiery program. It hasn't been a big, fiery debut for Entrade. But maybe we'll see Zelina Vega uh, debut. Nate S, the Elite brought to you by Just For Men. Uh, we were chanting Joe Exotic at Nick Jackson. Uh, Nate was there, of course. I thought Kenny was teasing an announcement into the G1. Ah, because he's like, I've beaten everyone here. Mm. It's, I think that's off the table. It's going to be too logistical, logistically difficult getting in and out of Japan. Mm. like with the quarantine stuff and getting back in time for dynamite really fun show all around gonna miss having uh, gonna miss having aew at Daily's. also hope you enjoyed my email
1: uh nate sent us some pictures of his time at daly's place Ooh. um uh, which were really really nice actually so thank you very much for sending those over um Bobby G says, welcome back, gents. We've missed you on the Thursday recaps. Question, do you feel this episode was a hard push to showcase younger talent? To me, MJF versus Sammy really showed that the younger talent can pull off the main event and create their own legends. I didn't feel that way. I felt like what one of the great things is that Sammy
2: and MJF feel like they totally fit in that spot. And that's because yeah. of 18 months of hard
1: work making them feel that way. Stephen Guzman, the last 15 months of AEW and Daily's Place has really gotten me through this last year and a half. It's been amazing to watch Kenny Omega's reign, the war of Moxley and Kingston. Oh, that Moxley Kingston oh. war. So, so great. Yeah. Someone actually read someone shared recently. Do you remember when they had the promo with Bryce Rensburg? And Remsburg cut the promo on Kingston about how Kingston had like fallen into this dark path. So great, man. Um Sorry, Stephen continues, Hangman with the Dark Order, Kensler opening that door, AEW made me love wrestling. OGP, yeah, you know me, said, great show. A rough day finding out my uncle died this morning and still had to pull myself together for work and an interview an hour ago. Uh, Great show, bomb ass main event, and the interview went great. Great selling by MGF. Great closing segment, Jam That Jam. Best of luck in that interview, uh, OGP, and I'm very sorry to hear about your uncle as well. That is a roller coaster of a day, yeah. Uh, Myron Speed said Return of the Dynamite Review, return of the precious metals to Wednesday night. Everyone expected Golden Joe to turn heel, but the whole of CBW was shocked to learn Silver Bro was the evil twin all along. I
2: cannot wait till we can do CBW again. I oh, miss yeah. Golden Joe
1: okay, because and he is the baby face. <laughs> I genuinely I know he believe is. he's doing right. Yeah, and I believe you as well. I know that he's doing right. He had such an abusive father. <laughs> and HCB said, Hi guys, really excited that Page versus Omega is about to happen. To be fair, based on Luke's review of Raw, it's similar to AEW. Everything apart from the women's division was good to great and no one knows the face heel dynamics in the women's title feud either. Jam that gem. hcp has got a point there. That's why I gave them both four out of five.
2: Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. Thank you for all your generous uh ultra chats as well. No thank you for the <laughs> upswinging subscribers. We've increased 10 since that call out. But you know what? We've just dropped one.
0: <laughs> I it
2: had the adverse effect. <laughs> it was 432 and I refreshed it and it gone down to 431. Oh, well, great. We've increased by nine subscribers. But it's a nice day, so I'm going to play it again.
0: Folks, there's nothing in your life that will top seeing a live WWE Dynamite.
1: Now you said that my new segment wasn't going to take off. Because it, <sighs> well, because it look, wasn't going to
2: work. When That's this what starts, you said. when you start going through these emails, here's my bet no one's understood what it is it'll oh, well, ju- I, it'll just be meetings with wrestlers
1: i think you're i think you'll be pleasantly surprised because mm-hmm. i set up a new feature on the raw podcast if you don't listen to the raw podcast understandably so not many people like raw um i set up this new feature about like not wanting to meet wrestlers in case you got it wrong this isn't just like you know. There are certain wrestlers I think that everyone has that you are you would be too afraid to approach in case you got it wrong. Ollie Davis is not, shaking not his thing. head. Not I think thing. it is a thing. I think it is a thing. And the email that we got proved uh, that it is a case. <laughs> yeah. That's right. One email, and it came in nice. two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very from much pete Quinnell. <laughs> no pete doesn't listen to this show from not anymore anyone anyway, none of he works here from forest who says namaste luke and ollie this is neither here nor there but i just wanted to start by saying i've just joined the 25 dollar tier on patreon hmm.
2: well good for you uh actually i'll i'll take that as a nice little segue for a plug because as of today, we used to have WrestleTalk's Patreon page, and then we had Parts of Unknown's Patreon page for all of the different series over there. And we're like, let's just merge these. It's all wrestling. We're all part of the same community. We don't we, we don't want to, like, get two lots of money from the same person. So we have put the most popular thing on Parts of Unknown, Quizlemania, onto WrestleTalk's Patreon. So now Parts of Unknown's Patreon, we've, we've sort of closed that. I moved the most popular thing over to Wrestle Talk. So, yeah, go over to wrestlepatreon.com forward slash wrestle There's exclusive podcasts there. You get your name shouted out in this very show. And now you can play against everyone in a Quizzle Mania hosted by Adam Blompier and Andy Dadson
1: every month. Forest, can, uh, forest email continues While there are many wrestlers I would be afraid to get it wrong with, at the top of that list would be Kenny Omega. Oh. As an avid as an avid video game and tabletop gamer, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, MMOs, RPGs, RTSs, take your pick, Pff, nerd. Uh, and a part-time <laughs> gaming streamer myself. Oh, this isn't Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I only said nerd because you played Magic the Gathering, and that is for nerds. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> not that that yeah. that <laughs> a new year. bad. Oh, not go- a new year. I'm going to take your lunch money. <laughs>
2: when me and Luke are taking your lunch money. <laughs>
1: anyway uh, as as an avid video gamer and uh, video and tabletop gamer and part-time gaming streamer meeting mr omega would be incredibly stressful mm. to me not only because he's the best in the world of wrestling but he's also a gamer the thought of screwing up any information or lore on a gaming series and having kenny think that i was a fake gamer or trying to bs my way through a subject that he enjoys and works into his character i don't think i could take it I would probably just die and then want to die again. Much love, the ghost that haunts Wrestle Talk Forest. That is what we're after from this email segment. <laughs> Beautiful, right? That's
2: great content. Let's yeah. see if it catches on. I I, <laughs> I know what you mean though. We had a we had a wonderful Rusev Hay once uh, with Kenny Omega. I was a fan who met Kenny Omega. Do you remember this? They were walking out of like a. 4D ride in Universal oh, Studios yeah. or somewhere, and they were like, "That is the back of the head of Kenny Omega, you know, the wonderful blonde curls." And went up. Uh, it was like after some big match uh, as well, not not recently. This is like New Japan days, and they introduced themselves and they said Kenny was amazing. No, that's it. Kenny had waited outside because the fan obviously recognized them, waiting outside so they could get a photo together. Oh, what a yeah. guy!
1: Yeah, he wouldn't do that now. The heel, he would. No no, he no. would like, yeah, no, no, no. He would. He would storm off now. Not storm off, but just be like, "What a mark!" Not, not, not yeah. paying them any time a day. Or take the photo, but just have the middle finger up
2: <laughs> at the person you're taking the photo with.
1: Um, maybe that could be another um, email segment in. Um, as I'd imagine, a lot of people here um, were bullied for watching wrestling. What would you bully people over? What thing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> want to encourage this i'm trying to think of new ideas i was listening to a radio show the other day um that had my favorite call-in segment it was the most popular call-in segment they've ever had as well which is who is the most famous person you've ever had a curry with or near and more importantly what curry did they have it was brilliant it was people like emailing us like i saw glenn Hoddle in a local uh, any chicken vindaloo
2: often going to be football managers. Uh, Mick McCarthy, I've heard locally. <laughs> um, who was the other one? Ian Holloway, Queen's Park Ranger oh, manager. Yeah, yeah. Came up with the word bounce-back ability. I'm pretty sure yeah. he had a curry in Dartford once that I heard about. <laughs> I, was, I was watching a show. It's um like the best of Moving to the Sun, which is this Channel 4 show in the UK about depressed <laughs> couples who think who think the solution to their problem is to move to spain and you know they they want they, they want like uh this beautiful pool and access like they, they want to see the beach and they want four rooms and air con and all the mod cons uh and they want it for half of the price that any of those things are worth and they're always disappointed it's a brilliant show And this was the best of. And they followed this one about a couple who had set up a restaurant and it looked like such a bad restaurant. And they're both sitting there talking about how, yeah, we've had loads of people come in recently. Uh, And then there was like, oh, and they had a celebrity as well. And they're telling this story that had this big build up. And it's like the woman goes, well, yeah. And and John comes over to me and says, you're never going to guess who's outside waiting to come in. I said, who? We both looked at each other, looked outside, saw him, and thought, "No way, no way is Michael Portillo coming here <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Ah, oh. I don't know what I was expecting, but Michael Portillo, nineties conservative politician who now hosts shows about railway trips. it was so me, far down.
1: If you'd have given me a hundred guesses, I never would have got to Portillo <laughs> no." <laughs> It's a bad show. It like the, It's a great it's a it great bad like, show. That sounds like the punchline to an Alan Partridge sketch. Like from I'm Alan Partridge. Yeah, that's why I liked it so much. <laughs> oh, have you seen the fi- the final of this time? I haven't, enjoyed, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any of this series of, of this <gasps> Alan Partridge. The only bit I've seen and it really <clears throat> made me laugh is when he gives his co-host um the horseshoe. Um he said, mm-hmm. oh, that from the horse that trampled that suffragette? Uh, what was <laughs> her name? Emily Pankhurst, no, oh. the horse. <laughs> That is like,
2: that is one of the least funny bits. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, you should watch it because what they do at the end, I think signals the very exciting next iteration of Partridge because we've had the two series.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's He's doing doing a tour next
2: year. He's doing a live show. Oh yeah. The live tour. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, I might want to go to that. Um, I'm also going to recommend if you like sort of um, people being sad abroad in Spain. um, Show is about 10 years old at this point, though. Ramsey, Gordon Ramsay, Costa del Nightmares. It's Kitchen Nightmares, but with expats who have set up um, restaurants in Spain for British tourists. And oh, it's it's wonderfully terrible. It's it's everyone.
2: Everyone looks orange in that show. Surely it's It's so brilliant.
1: Oh my God. It's wonderful
2: that you would love it. The the people are orange. The hosted is orange. The food, if it's Costa del Sol is most definitely deep fried orange also. Oh yeah.
1: You would love it. Um, anyway, that is all we've got time for, <laughs> for this edition of the show. I will be back tomorrow with Denise and Adam Blompier on the new, the new iteration of the Friday show. So do tune in for that. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care, everyone. Love you. Goodbye.